What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Spiritual Gangsters Podcast. This is a show for all the people who keep it 100% real, who've been through life able to turn their pain into purpose, for people who've struggled with faith, yet keep asking questions and seeking the truth. It's a show for us to share our thoughts, experiences, and stories, and know that we're not alone. For all the OGs who see through the world's BS, this is The Spiritual Gangsters. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gangsters Podcast. It's me, Teresa, and I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, the most magical wizard in the land of New York City, (laughs) NY Patriot. What's going on? Thank you very much. Excited to. How uh, are you? Good, very good, and I'm glad to uh, glad to be doing this episode today. I was looking forward to this. Yeah, so I'm you. really pumped um, because we have a legend with us. Literally, we have um, entertainment legend and cannabis champion, Mr. <laughs> Tommy Chong, with us. <laughs> hey. Hi, Tommy. How are you? Good, eh? wonderful. I just had a a gummy, my gummy, my new gummy, <laughs> <laughs> and which which I'm promoting the hell out of. Yeah, well, right you, if you want, you could you can uh, let everybody know about that now if you'd like. Totally. Yeah, well, it's, it's a new gummy that uh, my company, um, my CBD company, uh, you know, we're really uh, doing well with that. And so we came up with a gummy that has a nice amount of THC in it, although it's a hemp product. But uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, really good. Nice. Good luck with that. Thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah. And you said those things are already in Walmart? Well, they will be. Wow. If, if they're not already. Uh, they probably are because I did the ad yesterday. And, oh, wow. and they, they, you know, the, you know, the way you do advertisement now, you go on, uh, to, uh, you know, the social media and everything's instant. You know, it's like you do the ad, then you say click here and, and you can buy your product. So. That's click so here. It's so funny <laughs> that, like, yes, please click. <laughs> I think. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Unless I'm getting confused with a different store, I, I think it's kind of funny because I think Walmart also promotes kind of like these lighters with Snoop Dogg now, and they're like yeah. different. They're different lighters that you know you'd probably use for smoking weed. So you're like on Snoop Dogg status now. You got fucking. You got your yeah. shit in Walmart as well as. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Snoop, Snoop and I are kind of hand in hand on on, on the legalization. You know. Because he, he did a tour way back, uh, oh, years ago. It was called the Up and Smoke Tour. And he, on the tour, he had a six-foot bong. And he invited me on stage one time. Hey, here's Tommy Chong. He's going to smoke out of a six-foot bong. <laughs> and you put me in front of people. I will, I'm like jackass, you know. I will do whatever they tell me to do. <laughs> and oh, uh, I, I, I took a toke out of a six-foot bong. And I'm still recovering. <laughs> still I bet. I'm still hacking up huge loogies, you know. That's hilarious. Well, thank you, Tommy, for joining us today. And I think, like, something a lot of people might not know about you is actually that you are Canadian, like me. Yes. Right? Yep. And yep. you're actually also a musician. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. So what you, was you, life like uh, growing up in Canada? Like you were born in uh, Edmonton, right? I was born in Edmonton. I was uh, raised in Calgary, though. Mm. Yeah, my dad, you know, that's where the work was, you know, in Calgary. But uh, it was incredible. You know, my life was so serendipity. You know, because um, I, I love the name of the the show, the Spiritual Gangster, <laughs> because <laughs> that kind of describes me. <laughs> I think so. Well, that's why, like you know, NY suggested you for the show, and I was like, yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. Because yeah, when we Let's had you, when you, when we had yeah. you on the Occult Rejects, we kind of spoke about spiritual stuff, and I thought it was a great episode. So I was like, well, he might fit the spiritual gangsters too. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Because uh, as a, as a gangster. <laughs> which which I tried to be at one time. Um, well, you know, a little history. Um, I you know I was uh, like thirteen in nineteen fifty three. You know I was uh, a teenager, uh, and I joined Army Cadets because in, in Canada that's a poor man's uh, vacation. You know, uh, you know because we used to be able to go to Army uh, the camp summer camp. And get paid, you know. You go to camp, learn all the army stuff, and then at the end of the, your, your, you know, the, the, the course, uh, so, so to speak, uh, I could qualify for officers' training if I wanted to join the military, and so I, I spent four years, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, yeah, about three years in, in army cadets. And, of course, that's where I learned all my bad habits. <laughs> when you join the military, you learn how to smoke cigarettes. You learn how to lie about sex. And you, and you learn about, uh, you, you know, you're just a guy. You learn up to be a guy, you know. And, uh, and, and I learned all those bad habits, you know, smoking and, and, and drinking. Uh, but luckily, I got turned on to bodybuilding when I was 16. Huh. You know, and uh, yeah, because I find out girls like guys with nice bodies, you know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, same thing goes for men. They like women with nice bodies. <laughs> well, two things I learned. Uh, they like girls, uh, they like, girls like guys with nice bodies, and they like the dangerous ones. You know, that's why Elvis Presley was so popular because oh, he was a hood yeah. you know, the long hair and the leather jacket yeah. and, and and so i was one of those guys and nice. when elvis when elvis came out i became a uh, almost like an elvis disciple because uh, a buddy of mine a full-blood native uh, uh american or first nations uh, my buddy dick bird he was an elvis impersonator and so elvis a backup guitar player Oh, man, you like guys it. must have been killing it with the ladies. Oh, we did. Oh, we did. <laughs> <laughs> it did not help my my education uh, <laughs> too much because as soon as I found out I could make a living playing guitar and, and acting like Elvis, you know, that was it. Oh, and then when I got turned on to pot, I got turned on to pot when I was 17. Okay. And, th and by that time, I was, I was going for my second try at, at a – grade 12 education <laughs> and i never made it <laughs> <laughs> you got a different kind of education i the best the street there you go the one of the street and here look at look at me look at me <laughs> i That's mean amazing. for for my lack of education 
I've done phenomenal, mm. you know, when it comes to uh, everything. But you know what it was because of the spiritual that gangster. I love that spiritual thing. The the perks of being born dirt poor and, and Native American because I found that out. I'm eight percent Native. My mother was twenty percent. My grandmother was fifty percent, oh, wow. and that was that was all hidden from the family. Now my mother. You know, who was, you know, like I said, 20% native. She married my dad, who was 100% Chinese. <laughs> now, you would think that would be enough, uh, you know, and, and that's what it was. That's what the family figured, you know, okay, we won't tell them about the Indian part. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's enough, enough yeah, to deal it's, with. It's enough I can imagine a, back then, Chinese, it was, yeah. was that an issue growing up in Canada back then? Oh, I feel huge. like, yes. Yeah. Huge. I mean, thank God I had an older brother mm. because he took the brunt of everything. He's three years, he was three years older than me. And, you know, and we were in the, uh, the Salvation Army home for a couple of years uh, because uh, my mother was in the, she had TB and my father just came back from the war and he had uh, some war issues. And so uh, they had to put us in the Salvation Army home uh, mm -hmm. for, for, I guess, a couple of years. I was in a hospital first and then in the home. But anyway, we, we grew up really, uh, you know, in a, when we finally got our family back together again, it was, uh, in a, in a in a house with outdoor plumbing, and you know, with outhouses, and uh, where you had to carry your water, uh, buckets of water, a couple of uh, blocks, you know, half a mile or so, um, that kind of life, you know. Mm. And I lived that until I was about uh, 11, 12 years old. So, so I, you know, I had that. The, the only entertainment back then was uh, Sunday school. You know, it was the only excuse to get dressed up, you know, and my mother would make us, you know, wear our Sunday best. And that was another thing, too, because that was the only time that we really put on shoes and shirts in the summertime anyway. And so I, my earliest uh, memories, you know, is uh, Sunday school uh, Bible stories. And, and I really loved those stories and and then i ended up going to bible camp because oh, wow. uh we're, you know we're in the country and this boatload of, or a carload of missionaries pulled up one day and hey you guys want to go to uh, a bible camp and we said hell yeah <laughs> and that was that was before the cadets oh wow before the cadets so we went to bible camp and and uh, it was a couple of weeks but at the end of the two weeks I won the 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 awards for being the nicest boy at camp. <laughs> Look at that! <laughs> How about that? And the the reason I won is because I really enjoyed learning all the spiritual uh, tricks that you can do, you know, to make your life better. For instance, prayer. You know, I learned the power of prayer that young, and when you learn it like I did. You know, I wasn't. I had no parents or or anybody older to you know to guide me or or you know or really to live my life for me until I get old enough to live it myself. You yeah, have any examples I, for you to look up? Yeah, I I had to live it myself. You know, and so I was a little adult when I was a, a little guy, 
And so the, the spiritual training that I got really took, and it's embedded in me now, and it always has been. You know, when you learn the power of prayer, that's all you need, <laughs> because we are we are uh, immortal and, and spiritual people. You know, I mean, we've okay. always been here. You know, our souls are immortal. There's never been a time when we didn't exist. Can you imagine that? You know, they talk about Big Bang and that. Big Bang is like another moment. But, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's just part of the part of the part of yeah. the, the whole yeah, There's thing. a lot of Big Bangs. There's Big Bangs going on right now. <laughs> if you look at the sky, if you look at the sky, there, there's galaxies being formed right now. There's, there's everything. Everything. There's nothing hidden from us. You know, you look up in the sky. And when I was a kid, you know, especially in Calgary, at night in the in the wintertime, the, the sky would be better than any television show you could ever watch. And besides, it was before television. And so you could go up at, at night and look up at the sky and you could see everything, everything, comets and, and planets and all sorts of things going on in the heavens. And, and so when you learn how, how powerful we are that we can absorb, observe, because that's what we are. We, have, we are beholders. In all the religious books, they'll say, you know, behold, behold the wonders. And we've been given the gift of beholding, of understanding what we're looking at. And, and when you when you know the secrets, when, when you learn the, the secrets, then, and, and the secret's really simple. It's really, you know, the secret of life, do unto others. <laughs> that's all. That's, that's it, you know. And, and, uh, and be, be kind to everybody because uh, that's what we are. We are creatures that are capable of love. And, and understanding and and so we're, we're evolved we're, we're, we're so evolved in the universe and when you have people tell you oh you know like you know the, the the spiritual wonders you know they can be turned into like black magic or voodoo stuff if if you don't understand the, the total total scope mm. of what we're able to understand yes. you know if you can only see a little bit of it and and we're, not all of us are blessed uh, like I'm, i i was blessed you know in fact in my family i was the only one in my in my family now well there's my my daughters are you know i turn my daughters on uh, my older daughters on to uh, uh, you know the spiritual books and that but but in, in, your, in your family, you can be a stranger. I was a stranger in my, my family growing up because I was the only one that had that awareness. Yes. And, uh, and I used it all my life. I used it. I got my dad a better job. <laughs> he doesn't know it. He never knew it. <laughs> he never knew it. Uh, you know, I, I conjured up, you know, the, the, the trip to the Bible camp to the army cadet camp um, all that stuff you know you have choices and luckily uh, I made the right choice all the way through and, and the way I did the choice was with guidance 
You see, you, you go into your meditative state or your prayer state of prayer. And, and then all you do with prayer, it's re- real easy. It's like your, your phone. You, you, you can have, you, we do, we have everything we need on, a, on our phone now. And most of us, if not all of us, only know a small percentage of what that phone can do. Mm. <laughs> Just a small percentage. And that's the same as our bodies, our, our, our beings. There's so many of us that aren't aware of who we are, of who they are. And the ones that are aware, they're, they're almost sworn to secrecy because it's like a spoiler alert. You know, you can't spoil it for someone else. That's why the, 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 the books, you know, the spiritual books warn you against preaching. You know, trying to change people's uh, minds uh, through whatever, because people have to learn. We're we're here. Every one of us is here for a reason. And if your reason is really to sit around and do nothing, that's your reason. You know, that's why you're here. If 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 you're here, say uh, to to be evil and to to rob banks or be like Trump or something, where where you just <laughs> do that in front of everybody, uh, he's there. For, he's there for a reason. He's not a mistake. He <laughs> is there on purpose. Why? Because in our physical world, there's opposites. And there has to be opposites. You were the adversaries, you know. You can't have electricity. You got to have positive and negative, and at odds with each other. That's what gives the power, and that's the same as as we are, you know. So you, you have a Trump. Now, what good is Trump? Well, Trump, what what he's doing, you, you know, he used to say he never believed, but he he'd say he was there to clean out the swamp <laughs> in Washington. <laughs> well. Guess what? All the Trumpies are, are identified. Like you ID, you go, okay, okay, that's part of the swamp that needs cleaning. Right. <laughs> there's another part. There's another part. And but the, the, you have to you have to come to grips with the with the process of life. That, that's what it is. And you can't have one without the other. You can't have good without bad. And, and you can't. And if everything was easy, no one, first of all, like spirituality is easy. But there's a small, just a small amount of people who are aware of it. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and I happen to be one of the lucky ones. I'm not only aware of it, but I got a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will talk about it, and and I and I don't mind, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Everything you just said right there. <laughs> uh, you just speaking to the choir here, because that's like what this show is all about. It's basically that's right. all you know, a space for people who are that black sheep in their family. Like you felt like an outsider, you know, growing up amongst your own family and friends, and that's like I think what a lot of us here feel like too, you know. Yeah, that's what makes you special. My mother once told me, you know, when she got out of the sanitarium, the hospital and that, and by that time I was about five, six years old. Yeah, I was six. Starting school, I started school late. And uh, 
And she she told me because, you know, we would get bullied at school, everywhere, you know. Uh, but my brother, like I said, my brother was three years older than me and tough as nails. He was he was a little farmhand. He was the guy that had to carry the water, chop the wood, and, and be an adult, you know. And, and I was lucky. I was three years younger, and I was left alone. I was kind of ignored, you know. So I, that's how I learned how to play music, you know, because I, I had that natural ability so i would sit and play on an accordion or strum the guitar you know i would just pick out tunes and but my brother would be playing sports and then and then fighting you know uh, with the bullies and, mm. and, we, and we we had to do that i got bullied but the, that's how i got into comedy too because i learned if you make friends with the big guy He's going to protect you. <laughs> you know? The last thing you want to do is insult him. You know? That's a good strategy. <laughs> make so him make, laugh so he likes yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> you make, make friends with him and make him smile, make him laugh. And, and, and that's what I did. And that's what mm -hmm. Cheech and I did when we got together, you know. Uh, we changed the world, not not through anger or, or threats or, or violence or anything like that. Because, you know, the, the world's equipped to handle violence you know that's why you have cops and jails and and guns basically you know but if you um, if you just deal with everything through love then then you you disarm all that stuff you know it, it's uh, it's 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 crazy how it is but but that's the way it is you know you know, I actually had a question for you about, uh, I guess, like the comedy side of making people laugh. Uh, your opinion, do you think like m making people laugh is like almost like a form of magic or it's a magical result? I know that might be, a, sound a little out there, a little deep, but... That, that was no, a I, no, I, no, I understand. No, uh, making people laugh really is probably the cheapest form of therapy that one could get. Because you, all, 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 all the comedians that, that I know of, the, the good ones, all of them, every one of them, they're explorers. And they think out loud, that's all. And when they think, when they get come across something that really amuses them, they run it by the audience and see, see how the audience reacts, you see. Uh, I've studied comedy, not purposely, but just from being around being a musician, you know, playing in nightclubs and, and then watching comics come on in between, you know, dance sets. And then, then, or, or you're just hanging with jazz musicians. Cause I don't think there's a jazz musician alive that isn't a comic, you know, because of the nature of their, their job, you know, is, is to take a tune and then create all the different things you can do with that one chord change, you know, and, and, and that's all talk, talking really is, you know, it's like music, you know, there's a place, you know, when you want to, you know, get loud and soft and pretty and, and it's persuasive. Music is persuasive. Well, that's why it's spiritual. Again. Yeah, yeah. You know, it can cause joy, emotions and feelings. Make joyous noise unto the Lord, you know. That that's that's what music is, you know. Well, I think, yeah, like uh, jazz specifically and comedy, like you're saying, it's very much improvising. Yeah. So if you can like get in that flow, like yeah. that energetic flow, and it's almost like probably some sort of a meditative state that you yeah. can just like create from, right? Well, 
it's acknowledging your your spiritual self, you know, uh, because we all we we we're not alone. We're not alone, and and uh, we're connected. The, the 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 Tibetans believe we're connected with a silver cord to our over self. Now the over self is an angel, say. Uh, for, the Christians would consider them angels. Would you even go with like a holy guardian angel? Oh know? yeah, okay, absolutely. Well, that's what the over self is. This is what the Tibetan. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you you see, that. we're connected. Yeah, with The silver cord is that that lifeline to that to that uh, over self. Now, the of course, the over self and everything is is connected to God. You know, the, the Creator, uh, but you know. Like, like the spirit, the the Jews, for instance, they were the first to to, to as a tribe to come out and say that God is spirit. See, they were the very first. Up until then, God was a carving, you know, or or some kind of tree or yeah. plant or rock or there was something tangible. That you see, that you would pray to, like an altar. You know, that's when uh, the Jews quit giving sacrifices because there is no reason to sacrifice. <laughs> you know, you don't want to. God, God doesn't want his his his, his presence overcooked. You know, for <laughs> for want of a better thing. <laughs> and when you uh, and, and like I said, the Jews were the first, and and that's why they they became so hated. You know, there was a Ken Burns uh, documentary out, uh, I saw it the other day about how America inspired Hitler to do what he did. Have you ever heard that one? No. No. No, but I mean, yeah. I, I, I could see that. <laughs> well, figure it out. This is what Hitler did. Hitler saw the way the Americans were treating the native population, you know, killing them, uh, uh, wiping them out genocide and then putting them in uh, uh, reservations or, or concentration camps and 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 Hitler said huh that's what you got to do with this it was like oh there we go <laughs> there we go the undesirables right. let's let's purify the race let's yeah. get rid of everything else you know like re weeding a garden you know let's just keep the white uh, blue-eyed people and uh, and eliminate everybody else and in order to get there, before he got there, he had to get a, a common enemy, and 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 it so happened to be the Jews because they were uh, from you know uh, the the desert, you know, so they were uh, weren't the white Aryan look, but yet, and because the Jews discovered God first, okay, they also when you discover God like like the Jews did. Then they discover the power of prayer, the power of of, uh, of following the commandments. Very, very, and, and and so as a result, their intelligent level rose so high that they could take any problem and solve it within the tribe. For instance. Uh, they were the Jews for a long time. They were only allowed to work to be farmers, 
You know, they weren't allowed to really to live in the city. And when they started living in the city, they weren't allowed, uh, you know, the, the other jobs, you know, the, the prime jobs. So the Jews had to find a way to make a living for themselves. And so they created their own lawyers. They had their own doctors. And so then these are intellectuals. And so the intellectual power of the Jewish tribes were so were so good that now they could figure out commerce, and that's why they became money lenders, because up until then the farmers would trade shit for for, for things whatever they needed. I'll give you a goat or a cow for for this and something, and that that was their commerce. But when they start counting things in in coins and money, then the the, the Jewish guys uh, because they're like scholars because that's that's what the the rabbis were they were teachers and they were they were they were learning they were always studying learning reading you know almost to a fault and 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 so they can and when you control the money now you're getting a percentage of of something you know mm-hmm. you get an interest and so in a lot of the holy books and that, they, they wanted to limit how much interest the Jews would, would charge. It's in, the, it's in the, like the Quran, it's in the Bible for sure. You know, that, you know money lenders, you, you had to be very careful. And that's what Jews, Jesus was pissed off at, the money lenders. That's, that was the only thing when they're, they're making it easier for the people to go to the, the synagogue it, with 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 their with their wealth kind of thing, and, and Jesus was just pissed off that they would use the house of God, you know, to do that. Again, though, a lot of the Bible was not not a lot, but all of the Bible, the the Christian Bible, was written many many years after the events happened. You know, there was no no one taking notes when Jesus was on Earth. And so a lot of it was written by writers. You know, the whole, the first, all the Bibles were, was written by writers. That's why, like in the first, uh, uh, the, the first, what do they call it? The first, uh, <laughs> first version of the Bible, the old, first Testament, the Old Testament, you know, uh, the writers were like movie writers, you know, <laughs> They're not only escaping the the, <laughs> the the Egyptians. They're gonna God's gonna their God is gonna stop the water. <laughs> they're gonna part the seas. Yeah, and, it does and, make and, for a good movie. Exodus: <laughs> Gods and Kings is a great film. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's what it is. It was it was writers. The writers did it. But in there, in all that, there's truth. And there's beautiful truth, yeah. and 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 we have writers now that have gone through those those writings because I I found out even 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 me you know I I get divinely inspired every now and then like for instance I, I've told the story many times but this is the book that kind of changed my life it's by Joel S Goldsmith. Uh, he's written quite a few. He has actually. He never wrote any. What he would do, he would be, he would connect with with the spirit world, and then he they would talk through him. He channel. He would channel uh, the 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 prophets, and then he would speak 
and then these two ladies uh, recorded everything Joel said, and then they published it into books, into oh, book wow. form. And so, so this is the book. Now, what happened to me, I think it was during the, uh, I guess the 70s. I always get confused now because I'm, I'm so old, I can't remember. But uh, in the 70s, I was in New York. You know, I think we we're in the middle of some movie or something, a record or something. And I was going to the gym. I, was, I had my gym bag, and it was a nice day, and I'm walking to the gym. Next thing I felt, I swear to God, I felt something take my shoulders and then stop me and then turn me facing a, a building. And the building was HarperCollins uh, Publishing House. And then I, I got pushed into the building. Literally, I, I, I had to put my hand out so I wouldn't get, wouldn't fall. And I went in, into the building and then I was led over to the bookshelf and my something grabbed my hand and put it on, not this book, but his biography, Joel Goldsmith biography. And I, I took the book and, and the girl goes, can I help you? I said, well, I guess I want to buy this book. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I paid for the book and I never went to the gym. I took the book and I went, <laughs> I went home. <laughs> I went home. I went home and read that book, and it's changed my life. It's oh, that's amazing! I actually wanted to ask you, Tommy, about like your creative process. Like, how does that work for you? And is cannabis a part of that, or not? Not so much. Oh, cannabis is a part of everything. Okay, <laughs> that's curious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know, what, what is your creative process like? Like when you get inspired, or it just comes to you, and then you just go from there. Well, now you know I I, I get cha I'm channeled now I I, I know that now I, I have no problem with that you know in fact uh, and, and things are so good you know so happening so well um, I have learned really to wait and listen that's the creative process if anything. Like I'll be sitting in the in the in our TV room, you know, which is off the kitchen, and and all of a sudden I'll get the urge to pick up the guitar, and so then I'll come in my little guitar room, <laughs> and uh, and sometimes I'll watch TV while I dirtle around on the guitar, but a lot of times lately, anyway, I just take the guitar, and and then I start. You know, just what do you call it? Dirtling. This old guy, dirtle, dirtle, dirtle. <laughs> <laughs> so I dirtle with the guitar a bit. Uh, but more than anything, uh, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. That's why I love my phone so much, because I got notes on my phone. And so I'll, I'll hear something in my head and I'll get, wake up and write it down so I won't forget it. And I got a phone full of uh, notes that I'm not supposed to forget. <laughs> but, uh, and then if I, like we had the movies to do, you know, that came in a big brush. You know, first of all, the reason we did a movie was that I was tired of going to Australia. Because every time we went to Australia, we we would miss summer, oh. and we would 
and then when you come back, you you miss summer, and then so for three years, two years in three years in a row, we were missing summer, and so then it was coming to the fourth, and I said, no, I I, I don't want to go to Australia, and they said, well, what do we what what, what do you got planned? I said, got to do a movie, and I've written a movie or part. I, I don't write entire anything I, I would write little notes and uh, and I had an idea for this one movie but then our manager at the time Lou Adler he was living on Malibu and he was right next to all the movie makers and that and so he made a deal for us but Lou being very creative himself you know he he went on, on, out on a limb and he told the, the movie people that he wanted to make a uh, do Cheech and Chong's greatest hits uh, because we he was he owned the records and he wanted us to do bits about our records. But uh, when Cheech and I got together uh, to do the movie, you know, we were talking to directors and that. And there was one director I won't mention him, but he, you know, his typical director. You know, they don't have much respect for actors. <clears throat> and 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 the thing is, we weren't actors, but we weren't really writers. We never called ourselves writers, because once you tag yourself like that, you have to produce. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't put yourself. You in put a box expectations like that. on yourself. Just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. So I just, I, just, I want to do a movie, but I don't want to do their movie. Yeah, you know, exactly. I want to do. Your I movie. want to do my movie, but I don't want to call it my movie <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. And so uh, we're thinking about it. And then I went home and like I said, you know, picked up the guitar and I started dirling around about a tune up in smoke. And then, boom, that tune just came so easy. It was, like, it was serendipity, you know. It came, I wrote it down, up in smoke. That's where my money goes, in my lungs, and sometimes up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I took it the next day, and I, and I played it for Cheech and, and, and Lou. And Cheech says, that's the title of the movie, Up in Smoke. And so once we had the title, now we had to write the movie. <laughs> and so then, so then uh, I wrote the movie. I, I wrote, and then we had Cheech's cousin Louis. Louis wrote a, 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 my part, uh, where I where I play a Jewish, uh, a rich Jewish kid that uh, <laughs> that uh, was still living at home at forty years old. <laughs> you get a job by sundown, or I'm stripping you off to <laughs> military school with that Finkelstein. And everybody in the in the movie ad libbed. Really, Strether wrote his own dialogue. Wow. Stacy Keach, for the most part, Stadenko wrote his dialogue. We give him the situation. But then we'd let them say what would what they would say, wow. and 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 teach and I same as teach teach and I you know, uh, you know picking up the girls hitchhiking and that was, teaches all ad lib all the songs he made up all ad lib you know he wrote wrote everything the thing I wrote was the 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 outline of being deported to Mexico by mistake. And then driving a van made out of marijuana back across the border, uh, and I wrote that. I definitely <laughs> wrote that. And uh, yeah, and and we 
and that and the movie <laughs> we shot the movie so fast because when you make movies the first thing you get is a budget mm. and then once you get the budget you make sure that that movie you're writing is going to go uh, spend the money and a little bit more maybe a lot more because you got them you got them you got the financial guys by the nanes you know and so if you want to uh, you know be one of those creative directors that you know can't shoot today because the sun isn't right that kind of guy you can do that you know well we were like performers and so Cheech and I we just wanted to get the performance done and get the movie shot and so we shot that movie in literally about a month it took a month to shoot oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. up and smoke up and smoke it was made for next to nothing and it grossed i think oh well over a hundred million dollars wow and, and cheech and i got cheated out of most of that money oh my we, gosh we got a tiny little bit but but more what we got more than anything we got the reputation you know and and that's then we went on to make uh you know all the other movies where where we did make a nice bundle of money but i've never been in in anything for the money period because uh that's that's a recipe for disaster you know mm. you know you want to create the best way is to try to do it on on the dime on nothing you know and, and that way you start using things that uh, normally you wouldn't use you know and and uh, that's why you know when we when I got that performance out of uh, Struther Martin, you know, my father and uh, you know, you get a job by sundown. I mean, that is so iconic. That whole movie was so iconic. Every uh, Stacy Keach, you know, Sergeant Stadenko. And by the way, Sergeant Stadenko was a name of a real narc that used to bug us in Vancouver all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's I made I made his ass so famous he got shipped off to Turkey. <laughs> and he spent the rest of his career in Turkey. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and and when he retired, the other narcs called me up and asked for a poster <laughs> with Sidenko's name on it. That's um, hilarious. <laughs> What a revenge, he, eh? He, he, he died. <laughs> he died, but but he died hating Cheech and Chong or Tommy Chong for sure. But his family were forever grateful because we we made the whole family that name was famous. It was like he became a movie star. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh my god, would you consider that first film your biggest success? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Biggest. Oh yeah. That. Now the second movie, uh, the Chi Chong's next movie, I direct. You know, I I go on. That's when I grew up. You know, and I said no. If I, you know, I talked to some really pretty heavy directors, and they told me direct it yourself. You know, you got the vision, and I did. And so everything we did after that, I directed, or in one way or another. You mm. know, that that really what. Is what broke Cheech and Chong up. Is that I I just got too involved in in directing, and because when you're a director, you, you really are uh, the god. You know, the buck stops there. And yeah. So, 
and, and so I didn't have to be nice <laughs> you know? and and listen to anybody else you know <laughs> I just on this on this it was it was good you know to listen to and uh, and then Cheech got really tired of playing uh, that Chicano guy you know the the low rider I had to really beg him to to do the in the first place you know because Cheech is such an intellectual you know he's the furthest thing from a low rider you'll ever find yeah, but he he was such a phenomenal actor and no one's ever even come close to duplicating that character that he did in Up in Smoke you know a lot of people tried but no one's come close and uh and, and now you know he's 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 got his own art gallery. You know, he's an art museum in Riverside. Oh wow! Uh, Three-story, uh, housing all his uh, Chicano art on display. So, so he he really, uh, you know, he really was the opposite of of that character that he played, and uh, a very very brilliant guy, but. What, what, what a comedian! I mean, his, his comedy is they, to this day. You know, Lopez, all the, the Chicanos. You know, they they have to go. No, that that's not Cheech. <laughs> you know, Cheech Cheech is one of a kind, and and you know you know he got a lot of it from Canada because you know, he uh, during the war he he boogied up to Canada and became a, a landed immigrant. Oh, no was, way. Yeah. And, and he moved to Calgary, miles from where I grew up. No way. That's crazy. So close. And he, he met people that I grew up with, you know, that were still there. And and, and he heard about me uh, before before he even met me. And And, and then when he met me, he was already a fan of the song that uh, that I wrote with the Vancouver's. Uh, the, uh, uh, <laughs> Does your mama know about me? <laughs> and uh, yeah, Cheech was listening to that was one of his favorite songs that Diana Ross did. And uh, and then we met, and it was very serendipity, you know. Very much, Tommy. If you don't mind, I have a uh, I do have a question from the people uh, listening now, and it's something sure. I actually thought was pretty interesting, and I've wondered myself. Uh, in the movie Nice Dreams, which was actually one of my favorite by you guys, uh, the person is asking, "Where did the idea of Stacy Keach turning into a lizard come from? Was that like <laughs> did he did he come up with that? Did you write that in? Like, I gotta admit, there's a scene earlier in the movie." where uh, the the art director jimmy uh he had a, a, a iguana he put a joint in the iguana's mouth in the grow room uh, first of all the iguana was there and then just as a joke he puts a joint in, in the iguana's mouth lips and we we shot it there's a little shot of that well it's called a callback and so uh, the weed that Stacy was smoking uh, was so strong that it turned him into an iguana. <laughs> 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 that, that, that was my my uh, 
my it was like comedians do callback. You, you you leave a little stuff in the beginning of your act, and then you, you come around and you circle and like you pick it up again and, and make it. So so that was a callback for the lizard in the in the grow uh, grow room over the swim over the tennis court. Gotcha, gotcha. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that was a question that I wanted to ask you uh, myself. Like, when did you have the idea of, like, do you remember the aha moment or, like, the moment where Tommy Chong became an idea? Like, when you knew, like, this is, oh, this is me. You know what I'm saying? Like, the idea of Tommy Chong. I mean, um, you know, like, at some point, I'm sure, like, you kind of had, like, uh like even like for myself, I guess with my podcast, at some point you kind of realize like this is like a thing that I've created and like that's me, I guess now in a sense. Well, <clears throat> it's like being a middle child, you know, the way I was, you know, I was invisible because no one really cared about <laughs> what I thought or anything. <clears throat> and then I, I found that I could go to you know, without being noticed, I could be everywhere, you know, without no problem. And uh, and so when I started writing my stuff, I had a hard time owning it, you know, uh, even putting my name on it, because it, 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 it never came from me. <laughs> it came from another source, you know. Uh, and so even, even like, like the movie, that's why... We had so much trouble uh, later with Up in Smoke because Lou Adler, he saw the chance to become a direct, to be the director because he knew that I was going to direct and write and direct the movie, but I was also acting in it, so it would have been easy. It would be easier for him to be the director and just take orders from me, which we did, and it proved out great. But the problem was is that once you become the director all the perks with the director comes, you start thinking, well, you know, I am the director and therefore, <laughs> therefore I should, whatever, you know, I should be awarded the, the rewards that directors get. I I've always had that problem of owning anything or bragging about anything because, because of my spiritual awareness, I know that it's not me. It's the, the spiritual power that's doing this for me. And, and, and to say that I did it would be kind of like, you know, oh, kind of creepy, you know, in a way. Although I eventually had to do that because uh, Cheech and Lou uh, Adler and them, they were telling people, well, there really wasn't a script. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not only that Tommy John didn't write it, but there was no script. <laughs> Wow. We just uh, they, we we just shot it as we went along. For some reason, uh, Lou, Cheech, a lot of people, they can't bring themselves to give me credit for for practically anything. Even even uh, does your mama know about me? The song I wrote, I wrote the lyrics. I didn't write the music. I wrote the lyrics, and Tom Baird wrote the music. And, and, and one of the things that I learned, especially from my early, uh, 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 you know, um, Bible studies, is that you give credit where credit's due. 
you know, and don't blow your own horn. It's much better if you let other other people blow your horn, you know, because then it, it's more real. If you blow your own horn, it, you just sound like you're bragging, mm. you know. And, and so, so I did that. But but now, uh, you know, like uh, next movie, for instance, directed by Tommy Chong, uh, you know, all the movies except uh, Things Are Tough All Over because Cheech did not like the fact that I was the director. And so I said, well, then let's, I'll tell you what, let's make Tom Abelson the editor because he was the, that's when you direct a movie, you talk to your editor all the time because the editor tells you what he needs. You know, you might be the creator, but, but the editor says, well, okay, that's great, but we need this and we need that. And so, so then what I did, I, I made uh, Tom Abelson the director and it pissed everybody off, pissed the movie company off. <laughs> pissed our manager off at the time uh, Howard Brown he was mad at me because because the studio you know had some problems and they wanted to, to to talk to the director and so I sent in Tom Allison the editor <laughs> and Tom, Tom was it there you know and they wouldn't know how to talk to a Tom because he wanted really wanted to be talking to me because I'm <laughs> writing the whole thing <laughs> And uh, it was it was a cluster. <laughs> it was it was it was funny. It was funny. I laughed. And then Howard really got mad at me, the manager. And he says, "You know, you can't be doing this shit." I said, "Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll do I'll do the the meeting, but I got I, I want to shoot it. I want to videotape the meeting." And he wouldn't do that. No, no, uh, nobody wanted to be on camera. Mm. <laughs> it was it was uh but that's you know that's the nature of the of the movie business you know and that's why when you get a good movie you know that breaks out like up and smoke did that's one in a million one in zillions actually in fact warren Beatty once told cheech now we were walking the the lot no one would take a meeting with us because uh everybody thought you know, Lou Adler was uh, was uh, was the brains behind everything. You know, and they didn't know it was Cheech and Chong. Oh wow! And, and so uh, we couldn't get a meeting with anybody. And so we're walking the lot in, uh, I guess, the Universal. Anyway, uh, Warren Beatty pulls up in his car, and he rolls down his window and he says, "You know, congratulations." And then he said, "You guys have no idea what you've done." And he took a little bit of offense to that, you know. Oh, yeah, we're really stupid, Warren. We don't know. But I knew exactly what he was saying. What he was saying, because he had that Bonnie and Clyde movie, you know, that was his his up in smoke. And every, after that, he was just trying, you know, every, they would compare everything to Bonnie and Clyde, you know. And you can't. You can't. Just like comparing anything to up in smoke. You can't. It's entity all by itself. It's an event all by itself. And so what Warren Beatty was saying is that you guys made a, a, a Bonnie and Clyde movie, and you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know, because well, well, up in smoke, it's still a. When you do movies like that, they have a longer lifespan than the director, or the writer, or the actor. Even it's 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 crazy how that is, mm, but you 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 created this this beautiful uh, I wouldn't call it monster, 
this beautiful giant, you know, and uh, and then everybody becomes, uh, you know, like 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 me, you know, trying to explain the fact that I wrote most of it, you know. <laughs> no one gives a shit about that, <laughs> you know. And the ones that, well, even Cheech, Cheech, I always used to think that I I lied about stuff, you know. And I, and and the thing is, I don't lie. I don't lie because I found the truth to be so, so much better than any lie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's so many layers to truth. It's more interesting. Well, it's way, way more interesting because it's real. Yeah. It's real. It's It's authentic. It's, it's, it's real. Well, it's like, it's like having a, 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 your partner, you know, say I love you and not mean it and you know it but he said the words and everything else or she said the words and everything else but you know it's a lie you know but when they say I love you and mean it you know the difference there's a big difference Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you don't have to say anything you know and that's how strong the truth is absolutely Um, another question I had for you, Tommy, is like in your very storied career and time in Hollywood, how have you seen it change? And is that for the better or for the worse, in your opinion? Well, every change to me is for the for the for the best. It's always for the good, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, it, it, it's like golf, you know, uh, when you're hitting that ball, you're not mad at the ball, <laughs> for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you're doing is you're going through a ritual. Mm-hmm. See? And in that ritual, there's everything. There's violence. There's tenderness. There's love. There's fear. <laughs> there's all these things. Yes. Why? Because everything that has to happen to make that golf ball do what you want it to do has to be organic it has to be able to flow you know you can't pretend you can't fake you can't and that's what truth is you can't fake that shit you know you can't make it up you just and and that's why i found a lot of the gurus that i really admired when they talk, they, you listen, you know, because they're not going to talk a lot. They're going to say what they have to say, and then, okay, that's it. That's it. They'll give you a little, little drab. And the rest of the time, they're listening and enjoying. You know, I, when we were playing our rhythm and blues, uh, we were in a club where we, we shared it with a jazz group. In fact, we would do a set, they would do a set. And and uh, when we do our set, the the jazz who are great musicians, incredible musicians, most of them, especially the one fiddle player, he would just eat up our set. It was just rhythm and blues, you know, just R and B, but it was music and it was good music. And and see, that's what it is. If you got good anything. You get the pros, you know, the the real heavies. They're the ones that'll sit at the front row and just just eat it up. You know, it's the, 
it's a rhythm of life really life has like every every everything has there's a rhythm to everything you know and there's a rhythm to uh, us going through space think about mm. this we're traveling through space right now right this instant 130 some odd miles an hour uh, no, a thousand something, a thousand thirty-six miles an hour through space, and as we go through space, we're turning like on a on a spit in a barbecue. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're, we're 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 turning, and 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 that revolution. Think about this: that revolution is the way we measure time in space. Is that our planet is so important that the time it goes around one time, they, we call it a day. And then we break the day into hours. And then the hours into minutes and the minutes into seconds. But it's all because of this planet Earth whipping through space and going around a sun, which is in a galaxy called the Milky Way, which is also evolving around. And we're part of that. And we're not only a part of that, but we're aware of that. We know it. Some of us. Some of us. You know? And and, and that's how they do the space shots and, and everything else, because what they do, use the the gravity pull, the turn of, 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 of what we're doing now. You use that. And, and boom, we can get spaceships off into things. And I was asked on another show, what do you think of UFOs? <laughs> uh, again, imagination, you know, wow, you know. And and, and I, I thought 1938 was uh, where they had a, a show called War of the Worlds. Yes. Orson, yes. Orson, Orson <laughs> Welles faked a, a radio broadcast yep. and said we're being attacked by Martians. Yep. And they're coming in and people committed suicide. People yes. <laughs> people crazy social their, experiment. People lost their shit because the radio was so powerful because it just attacked your imagination. Yes. And uh, and think about nineteen thirty eight, that's when I was born. <laughs> I was born nineteen thirty eight. And and that's what was going on then, you see. And now, so when people say, "Well, what about the spaceships? What are you know the UFOs?" and and they're thinking, you know, the space movies and everything else. Well, we got UFOs. They're called drones. <laughs> we got one on Mars right now, <laughs> and, and gathering. And drones are the perfect spacecraft. Because it'll give you the information you really need without having some human there having to go to pee-pee or, or, or stop everything because he has to eat <laughs> or, or do some bodily function. You know? Humans were the worst space people you could <laughs> possibly. You know, we're, we're, we're terrible at being earthlings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have no business going on other planets. <laughs> well... We have no reason to. No. What, what are we going to do? Like when they sent people up to space, you know, and they come back, you know, the guy from Star Trek, uh, and he goes, what was it like? Oh, wow, it was awesome. <laughs> That's really scientific. You know, you're going to learn a lot about awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> you know, but you send up a computer, 
you know, tell you what the temperature was, data, you know, and all that, but what kind of stuff. You know, I, I'm getting really excited about the, the new space uh, telescope they have. Because, it, for, yeah, all they can find is more galaxies. Oh, wow. <laughs> they say now that there are more galaxies than there are sands of Earth. Sands. Little tiny sand, like grains, grains of, of sand, sand. Yeah. on Earth. But that's that's galaxies. crazy. That's, that's Milky crazy. Ways. That's Milky Ways. And then there are zillions of of uh, you know uh, what do we call? But anyway, there's zillions and zillions of everything. <laughs> but the fact that we are alone, that we can have our own thoughts and in our own universe we have our own universe uh, and 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 that we have a, a control center and in the control center is our is our, is our minds and our minds really is who we are our consciousness that's who we are because we really aren't our consciousness either you know the mind can go, the body can go, you know, it will go eventually, you know, but it's our consciousness, our awareness. Where does that go? And what is it made of? They can't measure the soul. They try to measure the soul by having, you know, when someone died, they, they measure the, the weight to the tiniest, tiniest degree. And so when the soul departed, there was no nothing nothing registered it's it's because it's spirit it's pure spirit and when you have when you look at what we live in now we live in this vast universe uh, we can invent a telescope where we can see further into the universe that man has ever saw before and all we see is more universes <laughs> and this is everything and what is the opposite of everything? Nothing. Mm. So the spirit world is consists of nothing. What, what's that saying about ten angels dancing on the head of a pin? Something like that. Uh. The, the spiritual world is nothing. It's so tiny that, uh, oh, man. There's nothing in there. There's no room for anything but love. It's energy. And love is an energy. Love is attraction. You know, you're attracted to something. Not repelled. That's the negative. The positive is, is love. And so the spirit world is all positive. That's why the physical world, which we live in, is a lot negative. There's little bits of positivity in there but it's mostly negative that's why that's why we have wars and that's why i have collisions and accidents and floods and storms and hurricanes and and all these great physical things that go on and you know what i found out the reason we're here it kills me the japanese knew this during the war when they committed harikari you know, they kill themselves. Yeah. If, if, they, if they just dishonored anybody, it's, someone called them a liar or something, you better kill yourself, okay? They would do it so easy, so fast, because they knew the spirit. 
that that you don't die, you become spirit. And uh, and then you go into a new body. <laughs> Eventually, I guess. I don't know about the but there's no time in the spirit world anyway. So so uh, but that's the karma. You know, you you, you find another uh, another adventure to go on. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. Well, even the whole thing with like the the nothing, for me because I've uh, in the past I've gotten into the Kabbalah a lot, and and that's like kind of like sometimes how I have to look at Kether, is yeah. uh, like if once you put a label on something, it becomes something, and then it's not something else. So technically, yeah. it has to be nothing because once you put a name on it, you yeah. make it something else that it you know there's an opposite to it. So it can't yeah. be everything. So and it can be, and, and it's mislabeled a lot. Well, that's yeah. what racism is. That's exactly what racism is. Mm. You put a label on someone because they have dark skin, or they talk funny, or they, or or they limp, or or, or anything. You put that label on them, and and, and it, it doesn't belong, because it's a soul, the yeah. soul. They're learning, learning what it's like to be. That's why I, I, I see. When I see homeless in that, I, I, I don't feel pity at all. I, I feel excitement. There's someone going on a great adventure, man. And I, and I want to hear their stories, by the way. I got a, I got a plan uh, that I want to do, create a movie company. And the movie company, uh, we're, I want to plan for, I am planning for like a 20-year, a 30-year run you know, uh, projects that last 20 years, even longer, <clears throat> because that's where we're at now. See, back in the day, movies were brand new. You could do a film, and it's a film, and you got to go to the movie theater to see the film. Well, those days are gone. Now, everybody's a movie maker. Everybody has one of these cameras and I'm talking to everybody. Uh, the 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 riot and the thing at the at the Capitol was probably the only insurrection that was filmed, where you actually filmed while you committed crimes. You took selfies of while <laughs> while you were committing crimes that they used in court. That's you crazy, right? Text messages where you confessed exactly what you're doing, which is being used in court. It's the first time ever, wild. ever. You know, all the other wars, man. I mean, and 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 the war really was is everything's about oil. You know, we know that it's ruining the planet. We know we got to stop it. We're trying to, and for the most part, we're, we're gaining a little bit. But if you look at the Florida destruction of Florida, <laughs> I'm laughing man, because because I think of all the people who you know, got out of California because of the taxes. <laughs> I thought about that, actually. All the people, actually a lot of Canadians where I'm from in Toronto have moved to Florida, and I was just like, oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. get out of what? To get to, out of that cold. To escape Trudeau. <laughs> oh, dude, to escape Trudeau. Been, oh, I yeah. love that. I 
Yeah. And they'll, they'll go down to with Ron Santos. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. And and they're going through their 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 trip. They're they're finding out. You know, the water is so dangerous. Yeah. Because it takes every shape. That's, That's what makes water so powerful. It, it goes everywhere and it ruins everything. <laughs> or it gives life to everything. It, it works both ways, too. Double Absolutely. Oh, you know, I, I have a, a question. Are you on a time limit, Tommy? Because I know you normally you have a time limit. And stuff. Uh, probably. Yeah, because it's after two. I didn't want to keep you going if you uh, had another show. No, we, we, we can go another couple of minutes. Yeah, I did have a question from somebody, and I was actually wondering sure. myself, since you you know directed movies and stuff, uh, are you familiar with David Lynch at all? Oh, yeah. You've, mm-hmm. Have you like actually met him and stuff? I did a recording for him just recently. No, he did a he did a blues <laughs> he did a blues recording, and uh, I, I for some reason I did the something on the you know I, I redid a voice for him uh some music musicians that know him working on a movie or something I, but i haven't met him but yeah i, I really understand love his voice oh yeah. yeah amazing stuff i think yeah, yeah yeah twin peaks i'm still in love with that show <laughs> i still oh. watch it sometimes <laughs> oh god it's incredible incredible yeah he's, he's canadian oh i don't know actually i don't even know i don't know actually yeah. It'd be interesting if he it might was. be. Yeah. I don't know. Now, now would you a lot say- of creative <laughs> Canadians out there. <laughs> now, would you say he's somebody who gets it, Tommy? What's that? Would you say David Lynch is somebody who understands or gets it? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's 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 definitely up, up. He's in that that rarefied director world, you know. Yeah. Awesome. And oh yeah, there's quite a few of them, you know. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorites. And, um, yeah, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Terrence Malick. Terrence sure Malick did Badlands and all those. Oh, he he yeah. was, okay. still is my favorite director. I, I called him up one time to see if I could get him to direct uh, Cheech and John movie. And he's, that's what, he was the guy that told me, direct it yourself. If you got the passion, direct it yourself. And I did. Yeah, that was that's amazing. That's what happened? Yeah. That, that um, was Ter- Terry Malick. So another thing that you and NY Patriot have in common is you've done time in federal prison, both of you. <laughs> you're, you're what? You're your teacher? <laughs> no, no, me. N- no, she's saying it because I've been in federal prison too. She said that uh, you. She wanted to know about you have as well, right? And you did the time in prison? Yeah, yeah, I did time in federal prison a couple of years. Yeah, about Where, 10 years which ago. one? Which prison? <laughs> Fort Dix. In Jersey. Where? Jersey. Well, Fort Dix, Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, it's oh, actually, oh. I did two years. I was scheduled, well, I was sentenced to two and a half. I did two, but it's uh, it's literally on the military. You're actually in a prison that is on <clears throat> military ground. There are old, oh, yeah. old military barracks that you're actually living in. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, was a camp? Kind of, no, it was a low. It was a low. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. They do have a camp there, but I didn't uh, believe it or not because of a fuck up on their end and them thinking that I had a warrant for something I didn't have a warrant for that made me ineligible to go to a camp when I could have because it was like the first time I ever really got in trouble. But because of that uh, fuck up and I me mean, not really having a warrant, I ended up going to a low 
And I did my time at the low and at the camp. No, what you didn't have was a lawyer. <laughs> no, or not a good one, I guess. I don't well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a, a you know horrible lawyer. That's why. Uh, that's why these lawyers cost so much money. Because you, yeah, I had a I had a good lawyer. That's why I ended up in camp. Oh, nice. if I didn't have a good lawyer, I, shit, I'd probably still be in jail somewhere. You know? Oh man! Well, I only oh. brought it up because I was wondering two things. Sure. What had what did you learn like from your time in prison, and what was it like to share a cell with the Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved. I, 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 we had the best time. The Wolf and I. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan's funny <clears throat> because he was unrepentant. You know, he was there <laughs> because of his own mistakes. But he, but it, the crime that he committed, which is making money off idiots, you know, is what Trump's, Trump's doing now. You know, and, and lots of people do that, make money <laughs> oh, off idiots. Yeah, the world, yeah. Yeah. politicians, the stock market, <laughs> stock market would not exist for guys like uh, Jordan Belford. That's what it was made for, right? And uh, but as a as a person, he was very interesting, very sweet, um, very kind of what do you call it? Uh, what's what's the word? Kind of affected, uh, like he was royalty, mm. but but for not the right reasons. Mm. Like gotcha. one time after we got out of jail, there was we were at a radio station. We all happened there together. Channel 5 in uh, L.A., and there's uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, who uh, lives down the street from me, and so so we're, we're Sugar Ray and I, he was a big fan of mine for a long time, and I was always a big fan of Sugar Ray's, and so the three of us got together, <laughs> but Channel 5 News, and we, we took pictures, and the Channel 5 News says, well, that was weird, you got sh- two iconic heroes, and the scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan, Jordan felt a little slighted because he is a genius and he felt right at home with Sugar Ray and myself, you know, uh, which he should be. But the problem is, is that when you steal, <laughs> you get a reputation. And that, oh, that's what I was trying to say. That's why we're here. We're here to leave a good reputation you know leave with a with the doing some good that and until that it. happens until that happens we keep coming we keep doing the cycle you know until the something circle. clicks yeah yeah and until until you finally go you got a chance to be a hero to save a life to help someone to help somebody that was that was that was a trick that's a trick and so when you see homeless or when you see people in that, you know, affirmed, uh, you know, uh, with troubles, you know, mental problems or wheelchair problems, anything like that there, you have, you yourself have a chance to, if you do nothing more than give them a nice vibe, give them a nice smile, you know, give them, acknowledge them, just yes. see them, just see the people. Then you're, then you are on the right track, you know, uh, for the reward. There's a reward. And just like there's a reward, there's also penalties. See? And so when you do everything righteously from your heart, the rewards 
they're unexpected rewards. Could come in, in the form of a, of a grandchild or, or a new daughter-in-law or granddaughter-in-law or someone enters the scene. You know, the rewards, there's so many ways to get your reward. But that's, that's the secret that I learned. I learned so early. And look at how it's paid off. I mean, you look at what I, from where I came from to where I'm at now. Did you know when I was a baby, I just found this out a, a, few, a few years ago, but when I found out I was Native American, part Native American, then my mother and dad moved to what they call, uh, they're like hippies, they moved to a homestead. Now, homestead is you get free land if you work it, blah, blah, blah. My dad tried to put a turkey farm together. And there was no real, the land that he bought or he got for, for free, the only thing it had as a structure was a, 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 an old unused chicken coop. And so my first, my first, when I was born, uh, that's where I was raised. I, I like to call it a manger. It sounds a little more biblical. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Any more that. questions? Uh, no, no. Actually, throughout a lot of the stuff that you had said on your own, I you actually answered a bunch of my questions already. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm good to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> I had a really good time, Tommy. I, I, that was a great, great discussion. I really appreciate you coming well, on to these you topics. Guys are, when you call yourselves the, the spiritual gangsters, I mean, come on. <laughs> that, that, that's me. <laughs> you dove right in. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah. all of us. All of us. That's and, it. Uh, I, what, what did you learn in, in, in your lockdown when you were locked down? You what know what? You, but, you know, believe it. What I learned for me at some point, regardless if what I did, like I was in there for selling steroids, you know. So, you know, regardless if it was uh, the person who told on me, um, regardless, I, I started to realize that I that at some point, all right, see, this is what really happened. I was in prison, and I didn't know um, that you can't say certain stuff in emails. And I was just emailing my brother, telling him that there was like George Jung was in there from Blow. And I mentioned, that, oh, my God, there was a guy from the Yankees here. And they ended up reading the emails and put me in the shoe. Oh you know what I'm saying? So now I'm in the shoe and I'm in there with a dude who was like a pedophile. And I'm just saying, like, I'm sitting there. How the fuck did I get here? You know, and I started to, I guess, because I had all this time to think. I started to realize regardless of like my situation, it's still my own actions that got me to where I'm at. Sure. You know, and sure. I, I think just for some reason it, that was... It woke me up and I realized like if shit keeps on, regardless if it was illegal or if steroids should be legal, regardless on that, I knew what the consequences could be. Yeah. Um, I started yeah. realizing that my life has been doing pretty shitty because I've been choosing to make shitty fucking uh, choices. And I realized yeah. this has to change from within me. This is I'm the common denominator. If I want to change my life, this is going to have to come from changing my thinking. Believe it or yeah. not, that's what I got out of my two years there. And I was like, I cannot come back. And there's got to be a better way. And 
totally different person than I was then. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. No, that's good. No, what you did is, uh, is like if we use weightlifting parlance, you, you just started lifting uh, seriously when you went to jail. <laughs> and when you were there, you learned how to do it properly. And yeah, I had to do it all natural, out. too. <laughs> yeah, and now you're out. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing, too, man. I'm watching uh, Dance with the Stars uh, last night, and Arnold's uh, Mexican son's on, you know. And, and I knew Arnold, Arnold from way back, you know. And I, re I remember Arnold when he came to the country, and when he was in the, probably the best shape of his life before he started uh, really uh, dosing himself with his, the broids. And, uh, yeah, I, I watched him. I watched the rise and fall and, and the heartbreak of, of Arnold. And now his son's in there, and his son's so cool because his son's obviously not touched a, a needle, but he, he does the arm shot. He looks like, you know, like a big Mexican kid. <laughs> but he sure doesn't, you know, he hasn't got that. Uh, he's got the outline. You know, but but he doesn't have what Arnold and, and all the steroids guys have yet. And I don't think he will. I, I don't think Arnold is going to let him go that route, you know, because nice. it messed Arnold up, you know, getting heart heart problems, knee problems. Oh, know. sure. Yeah, you can. All that it. shit. For, and for what? Think of us. For what? A trophy. Yeah. I had a friend that won so many trophies. One day his roommate came down back and home and and he told me all his trophies were in the garbage can <laughs> he, he he took every one of his trophies and threw them in the garbage and of course his roommate dug them all out you know <laughs> but that's that's what he found out all that shit was worthless you know all it mm -hmm. did was take up room in, room in the house yeah yeah well you learn, man. That's, a, yeah. that's a, the great thing. And and I love, look what you got out of it. You know, you got yourself a podcast, a yeah. life. A, Very happy. A way of thinking. Yeah. yeah. No, you do meet God in jail. That's one thing. People say, you know, you do find God. Now, a lot of them, when they leave, they leave God behind, you know. <laughs> they put, yeah. lean the Bible against the cell door and say, okay, don't eat, don't need you now. Yeah. yeah and then they're back. That. Then they come back. Yeah. Till they learn. Yes. Yeah, I had a, I had a, oh, I got some, we still have, a, a, what do you call it, get-togethers. We had a Goodfellows cooking uh, squad. There's four of us. And uh, one of the guys ran the garden, and he also uh, was a great cook. And so we had these incredible healthy meals every night for nine months <laughs> for me. <laughs> that was wow. great. Okay, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Tommy, will... do you want to plug any of your stuff again real quick before you go? Yeah, just go to Tommy Chong CBD. Sounds That's good. Awesome. Thank you go to Tommy Chong CBD and, and check out the new stuff. Awesome. Right. Thank you I, so much. Yes, Tommy. and I have, I, have, I have links of your stuff I'll include in the show notes as well. I think I have okay, Instagram yeah. and, and your website and a few other things in there. I appreciate that. Thank you Take so care, much. guys. You have a good Thank day. Thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess... Uh, that's the end of another Spiritual Gangsters. That was pretty cool. It was. <laughs> right, thank so, you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you everybody for uh, inside the chat. And uh, yeah, my show notes for my show is in the bottom uh, with my link tree that Helen made. 
and the spiritual gangsters uh, link tree is in there that uh, Teresa made herself. Yes. So, <laughs> and until the next one, uh, like again, thank you for all jumping in the chat and uh, commenting and asking questions. I appreciate that. That's why we go live. Until the next one, everybody be well. Later.